Come on, God is good. We can do better than that. Come on, lift him up. Wow, wow. Man, I love, I love that word there. Just we, like a box of chocolates, that's cool. We, we don't ever wanna have people guessing what's inside of us and who we are and, and what we know that we have within us. And, and if you're a believer in Jesus today, what do you have within you? And that is that same spirit we just talked about. It's the spirit of God. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the Bible says, lives within you and lives within me. Isn't that amazing? The same miracle working power that Jesus used to raise people from the dead, that the blind would see, that the deaf would hear, that the paralyzed and lame would walk, that same spirit is now within you and within me, leading us and guiding us in our everyday lives to see amazing things happen, not just for you and in you, but it's through you for others. And that's what being a Christian and that's what being a child of God is, is all about. And so, man, I just wanna pray one more time and then we can have a seat. Lord Jesus, thank you so much that you are here, that you're within us, you're in this place today. We love you so much and we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you for worshiping me. You can have a seat. Thank you, thank you for being a part of Radical Church today. Come on. Uh, once again, we had even some more people come in uh, afterwards. I just wanna give it up for our first time guests one more time, y'all. Come on. It's good to see you. I'm glad you're here, and don't mind me. I'm just gonna pull these out real quick. I got, I got a few things uh, that are gonna be fun for us today. Uh, we're gonna get into the message. Is Jesus the jokester? So you had to, I have to play some jokes, do some pranks, you know what I'm saying? We gotta do some kind of thing up here and here today. So we're gonna have a good time, I can promise you that. Uh, but before we get into that, I do have a few announcements for you. Once again, if it is your first time, I wanna welcome you here. Thank you so much. I know you could have been anywhere else today. Could have chosen to go to any church. You could have stayed home, but you chose to come and to be a part of what God is doing here in Kyle, Texas at Radical Church. So fill out that Connect card uh, that's in the seat. And if you do that and you can take it to the back, our connections team will make sure that you get a free t-shirt out of the deal because who doesn't like a free shirt? Come on now, it's comfy, I promise you. Uh, and so get that t-shirt and then we will uh, personally give you a phone call. I will give you a phone call this week because I wanna connect with you uh, on a more personal level and wanna make sure that we are able to get you involved into, in, into the way that you wanna be involved here at Radical Church, which I believe the best thing to do when you get to church and you find a new church home is just get involved, y'all, just get involved, which leads me into my second announcement today, segue. We have growth track today. Today, uh, which is the number one way that you get involved at Radical Church. For the people that have been through Growth Track that are on the team, they already know. Uh, we have about 60 people in our church that actually serve uh, week in and week out at Radical Church, uh, and they rotate on a schedule and all this stuff. Growth Track is so, so important. If you wanna get to know more about the church, you wanna know, hey, what does this church stand for? Like, what do these guys believe? Because, you know, you can go all over the place and you don't even know what these churches stand for. We just wanna be upfront about it. We wanna tell you exactly who we are, exactly what we believe. But not only that, uh, we wanna let you know our core values and we also wanna get to know you, right? And so we have at least seven or eight people, I think, signed up for Growth Track today, which is gonna be great. Uh, it's at 4 p.m. on Zoom. And I always like to tell people, you get to hear me talk for about 30, 40 minutes, you know, if you're lucky, 50, right? I'm just kidding, I won't do that today, I promise. 
I promise the boys are playing at noon, y'all. So you know what I mean? Like we gotta get, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, but we're gonna have a good day today. Uh, Four o'clock is that. And you can sign up for that in the back. And then we will uh, text you and email you the Zoom link. And we'll do a spiritual gifts test and and a personality test and get to talk with all these other new people. It's a blast, I promise. So make sure you sign up for that. You can do that online or at the back, however you wanna do that. Last thing before we get started is if you are a part of Radical Church and this is your church home, I'd encourage you to give. We say this all the time. What do we say, people? We give because... He gave. What does that mean? We give because Jesus gave everything that he had for you and for me, giving his life on the cross so that we could have life and so that we wouldn't have to to suffer the same uh, death that he did, but he took it upon himself to take all the sins of the world upon himself so that we wouldn't have to suffer, so that we could have life and life more abundantly. So we give because Jesus gave, and you can do that uh, through Radical Church. You don't give to a church, right? You give through a church. And you can do that, Radical Church, life slash give. You can go back to the back. They'll help you out. Or the best way to do it, honestly, is to get the Church Center app. How many of you have the Church Center app? Raise your hand. You have it. Good. That's about half of you. I need 100% participation in downloading the Church Center app. All right. We need perfect attendance here, guys. Uh, And the reason is, is because that's how you sign up for a rad group, which is our groups. And that's how you get into, yeah, we got some group leaders saying, woo, woo, all right. That's how you get in a group. That's how you can give. That's how you can do pretty much everything in our church. So make sure you do that. Thank you, Lord, for the offering, amen. All right, let's get into this today. We are in week three of our series, Outlaw, Outlaw. How many of you enjoyed this series so far? It's been fun, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's been good. Week one, we talked about uh, uh, Jesus, the outlaw, and how he himself fulfilled the Old Testament law. Everybody was claiming that he was this outlaw because he was living outside of the law. And he's like, no, 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 no. You guys are actually adding these man-made traditions on top of the law. You're adding things to the law, things that God never said. And so Jesus was challenging them in that. He said, you know, I actually haven't even come to abolish the law. I've come to fulfill the law and all the things that were prophesied. Hey, listen, they were about me. I don't know if you knew that or not, guys, but it was about me, Jesus Christ, okay? And so uh, he fulfills that law and dies on the cross, but then is resurrected again on the third day. And that's what we always celebrate every year around Easter time is the resurrection of Jesus and, and the final fulfillment of that law. It's amazing. And so then week two, We talked about Jesus, the table flipper. That was last week. Uh, I literally flipped a table on stage last week and it woke everyone up. I saw there was about four or five people. I was looking at y'all and I was like, boom. And I saw, oh my goodness. You know, y'all woke up so fast. It was great. You know, anytime a preacher's losing somebody, you're just like, oh, they're kind of like on their phones. Just do something crazy, right? Just like yell real loud. Ah! Like you're all awake now. Okay, all right. Yeah, it's too early for this preacher. He's crazy, man. All right. All these new people. I don't know about this guy. So... Today, we're talking about Jesus the jokester. And I'm really excited about this message uh, because Jesus was hilarious. He was so funny. Maybe sometimes like they didn't understand it. You ever been in a situation in your life and it was really not funny? It was just not a funny thing. But then you look back like five years later, even a year, 10 years later, and you're like, yeah, that was pretty hilarious, right? You're like, you're telling the story. It's actually really funny looking back on it. But when you're going through it, you're like, man, this is a hard time. This is horrible. And you look back and you're like, I was so dumb. Like that wasn't even hard or, you know, for different reasons, you might just be laughing at yourself, but uh, Jesus was hilarious, but you probably never thought of him that way before. Have you? John Eldridge 
writes in his book, Beautiful Outlaw, which this is kind of part of what the series was based off of here. Uh, And this is the sermon, and in parts of these things here are really based off of what he wrote in Beautiful Outlaw. He is the least religious person you will ever meet. That's the irony, that the man who hated religion most has become the most religious cartoon in the history of the world. Our images of him are now just draped in the hyper-spiritual religious. Just the idea that Jesus is a person that you can know and relate to as intimately as you love and relate to your closest friends, that's huge for most people. To be honest, that's huge for me. When I first realized that Jesus is somebody that I can relate to, that I can actually have, he had the same emotions and things that I did in my life, that's, that's absolutely huge. And in Jesus's ministry, you gotta think, think of it this way. What did he do in the three years that he was ministering to people? This is what Jesus did. He invited 12 dudes to travel with him and to hang out with him every single day, basically going on a really long road trip. So here's my question. What do you think happens when 13 guys get together and go on a road trip? I'm serious. I mean, just think about it for a second. The dumbest and craziest things happen when dudes get together and go on road trips. Listen, I've been on some guys' trips before, and let me tell you, they're a blast. Ridiculous things happen. It is hilarious. Actually, you know what? Our drummer, Alec, uh, we went to college together, and our worship pastor, Tim, who's up here, uh, we went to college together. And Alec and I actually went to Oklahoma to go record an EP one time. It was the first time I'd ever recorded anything. I play guitar and sing and all that stuff. And he's a great drummer. And so we kind of worked together on it. Uh, And we drank maybe, I think on the way to Oklahoma, about 10 Red Bulls and Monsters. And we were jamming to some music, y'all. We were having a blast. And we were just absolutely going nuts, cracking jokes, just being dumb guys. You know, we're college kids. That's what we do. But you gotta think, who are these disciples? probably about the same age that me and Alec were when we were going to Oklahoma. These are not 30 and 40 year old dudes, right? Most of the disciples were late teenagers into their early 20s. Do you remember what you were like in your late teens and early 20s? And if you were a guy, then you were especially dumb, I feel like. Okay, I'm just being real. Here's the deal. Jesus the jokester, listen, I got jokes all day for you today. Listen, this is like stand-up comedy preaching today. It's gonna be a lot of fun, I promise, all right? Uh, They stay together maybe in small homes and inns and little places. And it might've been something like having a roommate at college. Uh, Parents, have you ever gone to your son's dorm room when they're at college? Or guys, do you remember what your dorm room looked like? More importantly, do you remember what your dorm room smelled like when you were in college? Um, because it was probably nasty at some point in time. I guarantee you, it was probably nasty. And uh, so you gotta think these guys are in close quarters, they're having fun, and they're just guys, right? And actually, okay, one of my favorite experiences I ever had uh, with, with guys kind of getting together is, is the Oklahoma youth camp that we used to go to. So I was in Oklahoma for five years. Kyle and Austin area is my hometown. This is where I call home. Uh, but I went to Oklahoma for five years. Uh, to be a college pastor, I helped out with the youth. And so I would go to the youth camp every single year. Why? Because youth camp is awesome. It's a lot of fun, okay? And so have you ever stayed in a room with a bunch of middle school kids? I'm talking about like just like middle, sixth graders, all right? First off, they're crazy and they say the craziest things, all right? Sixth graders, if you're in here, you're nuts, I'm sorry, like you just are, all right? You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's, it's crazy. It's nasty, yo, but we would have so much fun in those rooms with those middle school and high school kids. And every night, I'm about to go to sleep. I turn off the lights, and what do you think I'm hearing? 
<laughs> Pastor Trevor, did you hear that? Yeah, I heard that. I turn off the lights. It's time to go to bed, y'all. It's 1 a.m. Go to sleep, right? And they're like making jokes and being silly and all that. And then every night we would do uh, this thing. And it, this, was, this was really, it wasn't my favorite thing, but this was really fun. We would do rap battles. It was awesome, okay? We would play different kinds of music and we would do these rap battles and the middle school boys would try to join in, right? The high school boys are pretty good at it and the leaders were pretty good. But the middle schoolers would try to join in and they'd be like, Pastor Trevor, you think you're so cool. You look like tomatoes and your shoes are cool too. Oh, guys, somebody else go. I can't do this. And they'd be like run off and cry in the corner, you know? It's like, I can't think of anything to say that fast, guys. How do y'all do that? It's crazy. It was so much fun though. We really had a good time. We would roast each other and you know, we are all cool with each other. And so we'd have a lot of fun with that. And, uh, but the highlight of youth camp in Oklahoma every single year was the last night. The last night of youth camp always got to have something crazy, okay? All 60 of our students. So the way that the, the cabins were laid out because we, we had about 120, 130 you know, boys and girls that would come. And so because we had so many, we had an entire boys cabin and an entire girls cabin all to ourselves. We had a pretty large youth group, it was fun. And so there's four rooms in the cabin and then in the middle, there was like a lobby area and the whole thing was just one building, had it all to ourselves, okay? And so on the last night, get all 60 boys, the eight leaders, me, the youth pastor and six kind of college age guys, we take the beds off of the bunks, pull them out of our rooms, put them into the large lobby area that's probably about maybe a little bit bigger than this section of seats right here, maybe probably a little bit larger, and just a sea of mattresses, a sea of mattresses all over. And then I, being the MC that I am, would get into the middle of the mattresses, and this is at like 1 a.m., okay? Like we let them stay up late. I would get into the middle of the mattresses and I would say, Let's get ready to rumble. And everyone would go nuts because they knew what was coming. We would have hardcore tap out only wrestling matches on these mattresses. Okay, it was so much fun. You got to picture this. Maybe not. It's a little weird, but picture it kind of with me. Uh, there's a massive group of 60 middle school and high school boys, okay? In boxers, some of them in shorts, no shirts on, just wrestling with one another in the middle of these mattresses. Like an hour after they just had this crying encounter with Jesus at the altar, right? You know, like we just got through with the service and they're just having a blast now, having a ton of fun. And, and it got to be so big. And we, we started this, you know, the first year that I was there and it got to be so big that the last year we had all the boys come and they had all 20 of the guy interns coming to, to this as well. They were looking forward to it. They knew that we did it every time, okay? The guest speakers would come. These guys had never even been here. The guest speakers, like, this is awesome, right? And then we even had the district youth director, the guy that runs the camp would come to this. Technically, he was the guy that was supposed to shut that down, but he was like, ah, don't worry about it. This is awesome. This is cool. I'm about this. I'm definitely about that life. So, and we would all be wrestling each other, middle school versus high school, high school versus high school, leader versus middle school. Hilarious, okay? District youth director would even get involved. And why would we do this? Because it was fun, because it was awesome. That's why we did it, okay? Uh, and everybody loved it. It was a good time. What do guys do when they get together like that? They joke, they play, they have fun. And why would we think that Jesus would be any different, right? Jesus had so much success in a very short amount of time, very short amount of time. It was about three years, the time he built thousands of followers, okay? And if you're gonna have that much of a success in a very short amount of time, you have to think he must have had a captivating personality. He had to have. 
He was a great orator, he was a great speaker, and he had to have a great personality to have these guys choose to follow him and to have the 70 and then the 120 and then the thousands that would follow him around and try to find out where he was gonna be to be speaking that day. We, we see the anger of Jesus we talked about last week when he's flipping tables, right? He has that righteous anger within him. We see the boldness of him confronting the Pharisees, which we'll talk a little bit about today and we talked about in week one. Then you also see this compassion that he has too, right? And the, with the woman at the well, let's say. He has such a compassion and a love for her. And he has all these emotions. And then you see even an immense amount of sadness. And the, the verse in the Bible, says Jesus wept, right? And he's weeping over Lazarus that has died. And he's so sad. And yet, we have a hard time thinking that Jesus was funny, we have a hard time thinking that maybe he had a little bit of a sense of humor. I mean, he traveled, traveled with 12 men every day, gathered thousands, and you think he was all business, right? He was fully God and fully man. And if he was a man like me, okay, I guarantee you, he had a little bit of a sense of humor. And so today what we're gonna do, I promise we're gonna get into the Bible, y'all, okay? So uh, uh, today we're gonna look at one example of Jesus's humor, much of which was actually fairly sarcastic. So if you wanna turn in your Bibles to Matthew 15, that's where we're gonna be today. Matthew 15, we're gonna start in verse one and we're just gonna kind of walk through this and I'll, I'll kind of break it down a little bit for you as we go. Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Now, first off, moms all agree that that is a cardinal sin and should be punishable by death, okay? Like, if you do not wash your hands when you come inside, actually, Lindsay did that just last night. Me and Oakland were hanging out outside. Our, our three-year-old is about to be three. We were running around outside and we come in and she says, it's time for dinner. We come inside. What's the first thing that she says when he gets inside? Wash your hands. Wash your hands when you come in. And maybe, you know, it's a good practice, but it's not necessarily law, right? I mean, like if you forget to wash, well, I mean, maybe for some of y'all it is, okay? But like, but if you forget to wash your hands, it's not really the end of the world. It's definitely good practice, good hygiene to wash your hands when you come inside and right before you eat your food. But if you forget, you know, not really a big deal. What is it? It is simply a tradition. It is a tradition. So God gives the law. Let's, let's go all the way back. God gives the law to Moses. We talked about that in week one, right? And then what they ended up doing was the Israelites kind of had to debate on how to apply some of those laws practically, okay? Because there's so many ways that they could have applied those laws. And so they're trying to figure out how do we apply these different things? And some of those applications ended up becoming traditions. And how many of you know over hundreds of years, a tradition is no longer simply a tradition to some people, but it ends up becoming just as important as the law itself. And so they say, your disciples break the tradition of the elders. They don't wash their hands. And Jesus being the smart and knowledgeable rabbi that he is, responds like this in verse three. Jesus replied, and why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? Uh-oh, Jesus straight up just dunked on him. Oh my goodness. Okay, we'll talk about that in a second. For God said, honor your father and mother and anyone who curses their father and mother is to be put to death. That is actually in the law, okay, right? But you say that if anyone declares that what might've been used to help their father and mother is devoted to God, they're not to honor their father and mother with it. Thus, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites. I love when he says that. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain, but their teachings are merely, merely human rules. 
Oh my goodness. All right, they say, you're breaking the tradition of the elders. Oh, so I'm breaking the tradition of the elders? How about y'all breaking the actual commands of God? All right, let's talk about that for a second. Jesus straight up dunks on these Pharisees. I don't know, maybe you don't understand like what's happening here, okay? But Jesus straight up dunks on them right now. You gotta think, what happens when somebody dunks, y'all? I mean, everybody on the bench, what do they do? When someone just gets posterized, everyone on the bench is like, oh my gosh, did you see what just happened right now? That guy got posterized, right? I gotta think that's how some of the people people in the crowd were. That's how maybe some of the disciples were too. And he gives this example. The Pharisees, they would, they would say, well, you know what? This money is, is being devoted to God. Uh, and so they would, they would say that this money is being devoted to God instead of taking care of their elderly parents, which is something that would have been a law. Honor your father and mother. They did everything for you. So make sure when they get older, you need to take care of them. That's honoring your father and mother. Some of y'all parents in here, y'all saying, look at your kids. Mm-hmm, you better remember that, okay? Honor your father and mother. That's a part of the law. But they would say, because we're devoting this money to God, then technically we don't have to give it to our parents because it's, it's God's money now, okay? But then this is what they would do. Their parents would die, and then they would take the money back for themselves as a loophole, as a part of their traditions that they have. And so Jesus is basically saying, you guys are gonna come at me for hand-washing while you're putting your parents out on the street because you're obsessed with being rich. So that's what's happening right now, okay? Is this what I'm understanding? So we're gonna move on. Verse 10. So Jesus calls the crowd to him and said, listen and understand. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. That is what defiles them. So Jesus ridicules the Pharisees, number one, straight to their face, and then turns to the crowd and what is he basically doing here? He's saying, hey, listen up and understand. Don't listen to these guys, okay? They don't know what they're talking about. Listen to me, turn your attention here and understand what this is actually saying, what I'm actually trying to say. This is how it really is. It's not about what goes into you that defiles you, but what comes out. He was talking about the fact that it is a heart condition, right? It's about what comes out of your heart and out of your mouth, the things that you say and the things you believe, right? It's all about what's inside your heart. It's not about the things and the food and this stuff and washing your hands. Those things are so trivial in comparison to how your heart is, right? And so this is what happens here in verse 12. Let's move on a little bit. We're gonna go pretty quick through these. Then the disciples came to him and asked, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? No, really? Really? No, seriously, are, they were offended? Thaddeus, thank you so much for that valuable piece of information, disciple that no one knows anything about, okay? I don't know what I would have done had you not told me they were offended right there. Jesus then says, hey guys, let me tell you what I think about these Pharisees, okay? And, and, and so don't read anymore. If you've already gone ahead, you're skipping ahead, okay? Don't do that. I know how you did that in English class. Don't read ahead anymore, Zach. I see you over there. All right, here we go. I need uh, my two volunteers. If they're here, I need uh, Richard and Courage. Would y'all give, uh, give a hand for Richard and Courage? Okay. So I, let's see if that will fit. It might not, so you might, have to, you might have to undo it there. Let's undo this one too. Okay, so this is what we're gonna do here. Um, Jesus is saying to his disciples, this is how I really feel about these guys. So go ahead, can you put that on? And, and maybe, maybe help, no, no, you're not putting this one on. Here, give me that, give me that. Put that on, put that on. Help him tie it, okay. He knows what he's doing, okay, all right, all right. Can you see anything? Can you see the shadow maybe in front? See, you didn't see this coming. Okay, all right, just best being. All right, cool. He's blind. All right, here we go. 
So this is what, this is what I wanna do. Uh, can you kind of lead him just, just kind of right over here? Come on, come on over here real, real quick, real quick, real quick. Okay, this is what I wanna do. I want you to, Richard, lead your friend, Courage, here across the stage. Okay, now if you touch this spaceship that is Tim's guitar stuff, he will actually kill you, okay? So don't touch that, all right? So, so try to lead him across the stage. The best, you can touch him, that's fine. You, oh, oh, all right. Okay, we're having trouble, but it's okay. We're gonna get across the stage. Get across the stage, almost, 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 almost. Okay, that's great, good job. Give it up, keep it on, keep it on though. Give it up for him, good job, good job. Okay, so what we're gonna do now is, is we're gonna have you do it again, okay? I'm just gonna have you lead it across the stage just to make sure that everybody, you know, really sees this, this illustration that's happening here right now, okay? So Richard, you're gonna lead him again, and we're gonna go across the stage one more time. Uh, Richard, you, got, you guys ready? You good? Okay, okay, yeah, he's, he's right there. Don't worry about it, don't worry about it. Okay, all right, all right. So, so Richard, completely the same thing as you just did before. Now I want you to lead him across the stage. Will you come and follow my voice, okay? Go, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, okay, no, 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 <laughs> turn, 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 turn. That way, that way, that way. What are you doing, Richard? What are you, like, why? It shouldn't be difficult. Okay, there we go, we got, are we good? Okay, there we go, there we go, there we go. All right, now, Courage, take off your blindfold. Take it off, now turn around. This boy was blindfolded. Okay, it's all right, it's okay, it's all right. Richard, take yours off too. Stay here for a second, stay here for a second. Give me the blindfolds, okay. This is what Jesus says in the next verse right after that. He replied, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them, they are blind guides. This is how I really feel about the Pharisees. They're blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit or into Pastor Trevor, okay? Uh, give it up for the guys here. Thank you so much. I appreciate y'all. These guys are blind. The Pharisees, you know who they thought they were? They thought they were guides. They thought they were the ones that were gonna help everybody live in the way that God wanted everybody to live. And you know what Jesus said that they are? He said, no, 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 listen, you guys are blind. You don't even know what you're talking about. In fact, y'all don't listen to anything they have to say. How about you listen to me instead? Because I come from the Father and everything that the Father uh, reveals to me, I'm gonna reveal to you, right? And so he's telling all these people these things. It's, it's contradicting some of the things that the Pharisees were saying. Yet they were blind and their hearts were hardened. Why? Because they were blinded by the traditions that they had. They were blinded by greed and by their love for power. And they're blind to the real heart that was behind the laws. So we're gonna move on. Verse 15, what happens next? So Peter said, explain the parable to us. And this is my favorite verse in all of scripture. Are you still so dull? Jesus asked them. <laughs> Are you still so dull? This might be the funniest thing that Jesus ever says in all of scripture. The message version puts it like this. Are you being willfully stupid? The word that Jesus used here when he translated it back actually means uh, to have no understanding, to be ignorant and stupid. Now, how many of you would be a little frustrated and upset if Jesus in front of all of your buddies called you stupid, okay? You don't think of Jesus saying something like that, but that's actually what he's kind of saying here. He's kind of like roasting them a little bit. Uh, and he says, you're being ignorant, you're being stupid. Like, like, why do you not understand this? Like, have we not gone over this? Like so many times, I don't get how you don't get this. And this is the point that I wanna make today is that nobody was safe from Jesus's sarcasm. Nobody. Doesn't matter if you're a Pharisee, doesn't matter if you're a disciple, nobody was safe. He just goes on this tirade 
against the Pharisees and roasts his disciples. You know what I kind of think that this was like? I kind of think that this was very similar to how the leaders would actually roast the students in our rap battles back in Oklahoma. That's basically what that was like, right? It's pretty cool. So uh, that's something that's, that's very similar to what that was like. So you know what? I think we might actually, we might actually try something here. Let's, let's see if we can do something here. We got it? Oh. Okay, we gonna do this? Yo, 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 the Pharisees are dumb, but you guys are dumber. Boys, clean out your brains. It might be time to call a plumber. I teach you every day, but you must not be listening because a little Johnson will fix your heart condition. So listen, next time I talk, how about you listen up? You know what? Write it down. I really don't want you to mess this up. I don't mean to be rude, but do you know who I am? I'm literally the son of God. So try to keep up if you can. Roasted. Roasted. Just straight swag, Jesus swag. Shut them down, give them the crown, it is over. Jesus shuts those disciples down, y'all. Let me tell you, this is what he says right after that. Don't you see? Guys, it whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body. These things come out of a person's mouth, they come from the heart and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person. But eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. See, this is what I'm trying to get across to all of you here today. And I have one point really, and this is it, is that Jesus is not about rules, but he's about a relationship, y'all. He's about the relationship with you and with me. The Pharisees, they were all about church Tradition, but Jesus was all about your heart's condition. How is your heart? How is your soul? We think of sin as just the bad things that we do. And in a sense, that's true. I'm still rhyming y'all, here we go. (laughs) But sin is a heart condition. And I hate to tell you, but we all have it. The Bible says we've all sinned and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And you know what? Maybe Jesus was a little blunt here. Let's go ahead and have Sadie come up if you guys can. He might be a little blunt here, maybe even a little harsh, right? I mean, he wasn't just harsh to the hypocritical church leaders of the day, but he was actually harsh and and a little blunt to his own guys, his own buddies, the people that he was discipling. It was a little harsh on them. And looking back, it's kind of funny, right? Like looking back, we might say, oh, he got him, right? He roasted his own disciples. Are you guys still so dull? <laughs> but you know, that wasn't funny to them, right? Like I said at the very beginning, you know, in the moment, those disciples were not very happy about that, I'm sure. Like, I don't understand, Jesus. Why are you being so mean about it? Gosh, you know, like, like I'm just trying to understand what you're saying. And he's like, guys, come on. Come on, I'm trying to lead you here. I'm trying to help you understand. Don't be like these Pharisees. I know you guys aren't like that. You guys are better than that. Come on, let's listen up and let's pull this thing together because man, we are on mission to help people. And I need you guys to understand my heart and that I'm not about the rules. I'm not about the traditions. I'm about the relationship and your heart's condition. And he was actually reshaping their understanding of sin in this moment. He was reshaping their understanding of what it looks like to sin and, and what it looks like to come to God. And it's not about these traditions, about these rules, but it's just about, hey, can we come to God and can we have this relationship with him? And so the question for the Pharisees was this, have you followed the rules? They, they would look at people and say, well, have you followed all the rules? I mean, this is, this is how we gauge how well you're doing in life. 
as if you follow the rules. And how many of us sometimes, maybe you do that to yourself? You look at your own life and you say, I've been messing up and I haven't followed, I feel like I'm not living my life in the way that the church people would want me to, right? And you're like, just hard, you're doing the self-condemnation and the self-harm and all this stuff. And you're thinking, you know, I know this isn't how God would want me to live because I'm breaking this rule and I'm breaking this rule and breaking this rule. And you know what? Jesus, he's not asking that question. Are you following the rules? Oh, okay, then you're good. But if not, oh, then this is a bad thing. He's not asking that question. Jesus is asking the question, how's your soul How's your heart? And is it given to me? Because if not, that's where we start. We don't start with the rules and we don't start with cleaning up your life and cleaning up all this stuff. Maybe you have sin in your life or maybe you have struggles and things that you deal with in your life. Maybe you need forgiveness. You know, that's, that's where you start is you say, God, you know what? I, I know I'm a sinner and I need help and but I'm gonna come to you first and, it's, and I'm gonna have this relationship with you and through the relationship, it's how you start living a life that honors and glorifies God. And that abundant life that Jesus promised, that abundant life that Jesus talked about that is for you and is for me, that comes through the relationship. Not by being here, sorry. I mean, I shouldn't say that. I'm the pastor. I want you guys to be here, right? But I'm just being honest. It doesn't come by just being here for an hour on Sunday mornings. It comes from a relationship. And a relationship is every day, 24-7 throughout the week. Jesus wants to talk to you wants to love on you, wants to teach you things just like he might teach the disciples. And sometimes it might feel like it hurts, right? And you know what that, you know what that is? It's actually the, the Holy Spirit that's convicting you right now. That, that same spirit we talked about earlier, the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin. And sometimes it feels like God might be roasting us a little bit. And there's a difference between self-condemnation and the Holy Spirit that's trying to help you and trying to teach you and help you to grow, right? Those are two completely different things. Parents, you completely understand what I'm talking about when you do that with your kids, right? Sometimes you have to be a little harsh to get them to understand this is important. This relationship is so, so important. I don't want you to miss this today. How's your soul? What's your heart's condition? And maybe today you might be like the Pharisees and you've just been thinking your whole life or you've been trying to, to get better. You've been trying to do things the right way. You've been trying to, to maybe earn this salvation and, and earn your way into heaven and, and earn your way to where you feel into a, into a better place, right? You know what I'm talking about. We, we do that. We start doing all the right things. We start checking off the right boxes and we're like, oh, I'm doing pretty good, right? Maybe that's you today, but you might still be far from God and not understanding that it's about the relationship. Maybe you're like the disciples and you're just like having a hard time understanding, okay? And maybe today was just a little bit of a heart check for you, okay? You know what? I wasn't fully understanding that. Maybe I was going that way. I'm a believer. I know Jesus. I know God, but, but I'm kind of starting to go that way. I need to get back to, to praying and to reading my Bible and having that relationship with God. That's so, so important. Maybe in this place today, you're just far from God altogether and you don't have a relationship with God and Maybe you did in the past, but you've walked away and, and you're like, you know what? I'm feeling this conviction of the Holy Spirit right now. I know I need to get back in a good relationship with Jesus today. And you know that you need forgiveness. Maybe you're one of those three people. And my favorite personality trait of Jesus, to be honest, is his humor. I love when Jesus is funny. And there are many other times in scripture when he is hilarious and he's sarcastic, and, and we could go through those all day long. We could do a whole series based off of that. And, but why do I like this personality trait of Jesus so much? Is because it makes him relatable to me. It makes him relatable to me. 
Not that I'm like the funniest guy in the world or anything. I'm not like saying that or anything. But what I am saying is that it's relatable to me because uh, I could see myself hanging out with him. I could see myself enjoying being around Jesus on a regular basis. And in fact, you know what? I do enjoy being around Jesus on a regular basis. And I do have conversations with him on a regular basis. And it is a life-giving relationship that we have. And I know so many of you have experienced that life-giving relationship and it's completely transformed your life. Amen? And I want everybody to leave this place today with, with the knowledge of who Jesus is and that the fact that he died for you on the cross and that he rose again on the third day. And, and if you want that relationship with him and, 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 and to be able to enter the gates of heaven one day when you die, I, listen, I'm, I'm telling you, there's a real place called heaven and a real place called hell. And today I wanna make sure that everybody in this place knows where they are going today. You know, I love Jesus so much because of this and not just because of the fact that he is God and because of his divinity. But I love Jesus because he also says he's my friend. John 15, 15, I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything I learned from my father, I have made known to you. This is the same group that he's talking to that he was roasting earlier. Later on in his ministry, he's saying, you know what, guys? I've taught you everything I know. I've given you all that my father has taught me and I've given it all to you. And I love you guys so much. Y'all are really and truly my friends. We've been through so much together, through the good and through the bad. So glad that I was able to do this with you guys and, and you guys really are my friends. Isn't that an amazing picture? And I laugh when I pray. I'm just gonna be real. I mean, sometimes I laugh and I have a good time when I pray to Jesus. I make jokes to God. And I laugh at myself, really, honestly, I do. Sometimes I'm praying like this. God, I don't know what I was thinking. That was the dumbest thing I have ever done. This is actually, I'm taking you into my prayer closet right now, okay? God, I don't know what in the world I was thinking. That was the dumbest thing I've ever done. I don't know why I said that to that person. I feel like that was just so rude and I need to ask them for forgiveness, but God, would you forgive me too? Because that was just silly. I don't know what I was thinking. Lord, will you please forgive me? And I can kind of picture God just laughing back at me sometimes. And just saying like, yeah, son, that's pretty dumb. That's pretty dumb. But you know what? I love you so much. I love you so much. And thank you for coming and asking for forgiveness. I love you. I forgive you. My son. Would everybody stand in this place today? I know we've had some fun today. It's been good. It's been real. But I wanna provide an opportunity for everybody to, to get forgiveness and to get right with God. Maybe you're like that Pharisee, right? That's all about the rules. You've been like that and you've been condemning yourself because you're not meeting the standards that you think you need to. Or maybe you're just about the rules and, and you actually don't even really have a relationship with Jesus in this place and you need to have one. And maybe you're like the disciples and you're just trying to grow, like you're just trying to learn. And sometimes you feel the Holy Spirit's conviction in your life. And I know God, I'm trying to do better. And I'm trying to, to, to live my life in a way that would honor and please him. I know it's not about the rules. I know it's about the relationship, but, but I just need a little bit of help today. And maybe you're very far from God. And you're, this might be the first time you've been in a church in years. And you know that you need to get right with God. I wanna give you an opportunity for everybody to get forgiveness and healing today. So everybody bow your heads and close your eyes if you wouldn't mind. And if you're the, the first person or the second person, you say, you know what? I might be like the Pharisees or I might be like the disciples. I just need some forgiveness. I need some understanding. I need some prayer today. It could be for anything, any part of this message. If it, if it affected you, if it touched your life today and 
You say, hey, that's me. Would you just raise your hand? I'm gonna see you in this place today. I, I need forgiveness. I need some understanding. I've been all about rules and I haven't really actually had the relationship in a while. I need to get back into my relationship with the Lord. I see you, I see you, I see you. That's amazing, that's amazing. Thank you, I see you. Maybe you're here today and for the first time or you wanna rededicate your life to God. You've never given your life to him or you recognize that Jesus is good, that he loves you and you wanna say yes to him for the first time, would you just raise your hand on the count of three? One, two, three, I just wanna see you. You wanna give your life to God. I see you in the back. Is there anybody else? I see you, I see you in the back, that's amazing. Is there anybody else that wants to give their life to God, rededicate their life to Jesus today? He loves you so much. Is there anyone else before I end this today? I see you, I see you. Come on, there's four people, that's amazing. You know what, let's pray right now. Come on, let's give it up, yeah. Would everybody just pray this prayer with me and, and, and just as a sign of, 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 of helping these people that are praying this for the first time, let's pray this all together. Would you repeat after me? Jesus, thank you for who you are. Thank you for your personality. Thank you that you love me so much. God, I give my life to you right here, right now. I ask that you would forgive me of all my sins. I give you my life. I give you my heart. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Come on, would you give it up for the people that said yes to God today? Four people, four people said yes to Jesus. Many more are receiving forgiveness and healing from God today. That is absolutely incredible. Hey, thank you so much for worshiping with us. It really is a blessing and a privilege and an honor to be your pastor. And I just wanna remind you, if this is your first time, would you please fill out that Connect card? Because I would love to get to know you. And if you've been here for a while and you haven't stepped into all God has for you, I believe that you have a purpose on your life. God has a calling on your life and we wanna help you cultivate and develop that. So please sign up for Growth Track before you leave. If you've been here for a little bit, Get your growth track booklets before you leave and I'll see you at four o'clock on Zoom. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week, all right?